the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. Recent events in our nation's history have motivated people across the globe to give selflessly to those in need during difficult times. Are we as willing to give unto the Lord who fulfills all of our needs at all times? Listen in today as Pastor Draper teaches on acceptable and unacceptable giving to the Lord. He will be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in. Born the rapture, you're going to die. <laughs> Take all the vitamins you want. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah, you can huff them up. Now, you ought to work out. I, I work out. Man, I was working out last night trying to get myself ready, and I did pretty good last night of working my little self out so I could stay in good shape to preach to sinners. You don't take energy to serve the Lord. <laughs> That's right. I'm 65 years old, but God ain't through with me yet. I can still move around this pulpit. And I see that person on that last row that's talking to that other person back there. <laughs> I may not say everything, but I see more than what you think I see. Now, I may, now God don't want me to say everything about everything I see. Sometimes I will address it. I'm not going to call you out, but I know how to pull you to the side. And have a little chit-chat. <laughs> Beloved, since you cannot take your worldly possessions with you when you die... Don't you think it is wise to glorify the Lord by generously laying up your treasures in heaven starting today? This is done through giving God the best of what he has blessed you with financially and also giving your not only your finances, your worship, your service, your all to Jesus. Number four, acceptable giving is cheerful giving. Acceptable giving is cheerful giving. Second Corinthians 9, 7b says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Say cheerful giver. Uh, say cheerful giver. Some of y'all said, you're scared to say that. You know. Say it a little bit louder. Che- say it a little bit louder. He loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. You say, what is that? That's a hilarious giver. It's a hilarious giver. A cheerful giver is a joyful giver. A cheerful giver is a delightful giver. A cheerful giver, when it comes to giving, is an enthusiastic giver. A cheerful giver possesses a spirit of gladness when it is time to give. You don't take your wallet out and you reach in there and pull that one dollar and put it in the bag. You know, we only have one offering here. About four times a year, we might take up a special offering for a special need. But typically, one offering, we don't march around. You don't press around. We don't talk all day about it because spirit-filled folk do spirit-filled things. I don't have to beg you. If you don't give, I'm not going to say lightning going to strike you and you're going to burn your house down. We don't, listen, no, I ain't going to scare you. Listen, it's God's stuff, and God's going to get what's his. 
Okay. You can't make grown folk do anything. You know you're spiritually mature when you get excited about giving financially to God. You know you're a cheerful giver when you get excited about giving financially to God. You're not a grudge giver. You're not grumbling, but you have a spirit of gladness. Number five, we will give acceptably to God when we realize that we are his purchased possession. We belong to God by creation, and if we've trusted Christ as our personal Savior, we also belong to him by salvation. If you don't know the Lord, he owns you because he created you, okay? And if you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he owns you by salvation, which means you are God's property. He is our owner and our master. Therefore, have you yielded your body, soul, and spirit and possessions God has entrusted to you back to him. I love the verse in 1 Corinthians 6, 20. It says, for you were bought, underline that, at a price. God paid a premium for you. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He said, God purchased me? Yes. How did he purchase me? He purchased me with his own blood out of the slave market of sin. When we come to the realization that we are God's purchased possession through the blood of Jesus, it transforms how we think. When we realize that we are God's prized possessions, it also transforms how we give. See, you have to have a spiritual mind before you can do spiritual things. You have to have a transformed mind before you can really give to Jesus in a way that honors him. Number six, acceptable giving is to give to the Lord with a thankful heart. A thankful heart. Psalms 100, verses 4 and 5a, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, underline that, and into his courts with praise. I underline this phrase, be thankful to him. That's a command. Well, to come into God's house, not mean mad with a chip on our shoulder, looking like we've been baptized in lemon juice. We ought to come in here with a spirit of gladness and thanksgiving, of thanking God for another week, praising God for who he is and what he's done in our lives personally. Let me tell you something. If God doesn't do another thing for you, if he don't give you another thing, he's already given to us more than what we deserve. Do I have any witness with that? You, you already got more than what you deserve. You don't deserve what you have. What we deserve is hell. And wasn't for the grace of God, we all be in hell. That's why we ought to come in here rejoicing and singing and being thankful with a spirit of gladness and bless his name for the Lord is good. How many of y'all know the Lord is good? The Lord is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. God is good. When you can blink your eye, God's good. When you can chew food and digest, God is good. When you can put one foot in front of the other, God is good. When you can put gas in that car, even when the gas prices are going up, God is good. You got lights, you got children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, God is good. You got two, three, four, five dogs and cats, God is good. You can breathe, you can inhale, you can exhale, you got that muscle it is pumping blood, that heart, all of the lungs, the spleen, the liver, and parts we forgot about functioning to the glory of God. God is what? God is Oh, come on here. God is. God is. He's good. You ought to get happy because God is. He woke me up early this morning. God is. Shoes on my feet, clothes on my back because God is. 
He's He's good. We bless the Lord when we enter his house with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts and on our lips, as well as giving God thanksgiving offerings because of his undeserved goodness toward us. We don't deserve his goodness. It's God's grace, undeserved grace toward us. Beloved, it is impossible to be thankful and not give your best to the Lord. A thankful heart will ask the same question as the psalmist in Psalms 116-12. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness toward me? Before we continue with this message, let's consider this. Acceptable giving to the Lord is not just a matter of money. God requires the application of multiple biblical principles that we must aspire to so that our giving in every aspect of our spiritual lives is not in vain, but pleasing and acceptable to our Lord and Savior. No matter how much we give of our time, talents, and treasures, we will never beat God's giving. Join us today as Pastor Rander explains the two kinds of giving in this message, acceptable and unacceptable giving to the Lord. God's been so good to me. God is good to me when I'm not good. God is good to me when I'm angry, when I'm holding a grudge, when I'm mad, when I'm beside myself, when I won't talk, when I won't do right. God is still good. If God struck us down every time we did wrong, nobody would be in this room today. The only reason you're in this room is because of the compassion of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God. What shall I return? What shall I give to the Lord for all his goodness toward me? Number seven. What is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord is to give to him sacrificially, even in the midst of poverty and financial challenges. You say, what? Even when you're poor and have financial challenges, I'm not exempt from giving. That's correct. To give to the Lord sacrificially is to give that which is valuable to you for the cause of Christ. Beloved, there is no such thing as being too poor to give financially to the Lord. No such thing. As a matter of fact, it's all over scripture. As a matter of fact, when you put God first, even in your poverty, he will deliver you out of your financial hardships in his time. That's right. If you're bankrupt, if your finances is in the red, if you're in a a mess that you made, don't penalize the God you need to get you out of that mess. You believe him by faith, you trust him, give him what is his off the top, and watch him work and bless your faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 4 deals with this poverty business. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 4 says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep look at look what kind of poverty they had. Deep poverty. They weren't just kind of poor, they were real poor, abounded in riches of their liberality. But yet, even though so poor, they were so generous. It's kind of like an oxymoron. They were so poor, yet they were so what? Generous. Verse three, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and even beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring, in other words, begging us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. They wanted to be in on what God was doing and they didn't want their poverty or their lack of to be a hindrance. 
The widow who had two mites gave her all. And God said she gave more than those who gave out of their abundance. The churches of Macedonia were excited to give generously for the cause of Christ, even in the midst of their own deep poverty. Listen, even the poor are not exempt from giving to God. Listen to this. When their small offering is their best, it glorifies God. That widow that gave two mites, that was small, but that was her best, and she glorified God. Number eight, acceptable giving is to give to the Lord consistently. It is to give to the Lord consistently. It is not to give to God only when things go well. Give to God when it's convenient to you, or give to God when you're in the right kind of mood. Rather, it is to give consistently to God, even when you are going through trials, you're going through difficulties and setbacks. First Corinthians 16, 2a says on the first day of underline this each week, that's consistent giving each week. This is what the saints did. You should put aside a portion of the money you have earned. And they did so according to the will of God. Number nine. Uh, One cannot give acceptably to our Lord until he or she is spiritually mature. You can't give in a way that will bless the name of Jesus financially until you are first spiritually mature. Spiritual babies take and do not give. They they take. And that's why some folk can't stay in one church because they're misers. They're spiritual misers. They just want this, want this. I want the choir. I got to have a preacher that can sing. I got to have a preacher that got hair. I got to have, I got to have, don't, you're in the wrong place if you want hair because I don't have that. But, but uh, I'm looking for the parking lot, sufficient parking. I'm looking for somebody that, that can take care of the babies pretty good. It's all about, it's just all about in the church. It's just this consumerism mentality. It's just, you just kind of pick. It's not about, it's not about your personal growth. It's about what uh, it's an entitlement mentality. It's what the church can do for me instead of what can I do for the church to the glory of God. And so they just hop around dissatisfied and they can't grow because they don't stay in one place enough to grow deep roots to get spiritually mature. How can you gain deep roots? Oh, you say, what am I talking about? Don't look, y'all look at me like I, I got spinach on me or something. That, that flower there. If I take that flower and plant it on this side... I said, boy, it looked pretty good there, but then I forget. Oh, your children play there. So I better pull it up. But I'm going to take the plant now, and I'm going to put it on this side, and I replant it. Or the dog back there, he's digging up stuff too. I pull it up from this side, and I put it on this side, and it stayed there for about three weeks. Oh, I don't even have a reason for that one. It's just, I don't like it there, okay? <laughs> What's going to happen? The plant is going, this, isn't this gorgeous? I don't care how beautiful it is. It's going to wither and what? You would say, throw it out of here. It's die. What? What? Dead flowers. But you know what? Some of y'all in here, you withered. And some of y'all in here, y'all dead. You know why? You hop here to this church on 1604, to this one near the airport, to this one on the south side. You go to this one over here. And you go, this no, that's contemporary music. This is traditional music. This one got a lot of parking. This one, they worship in the night dark. This one, they got smoke coming off the stage. I like smoke. <laughs> and you know what? You don't grow deep. And so you are not kingdom productive because you don't stay in one place long enough 
to catch root, then grow deep in Christ to bloom and to flourish to your God-given potential. You just bing, 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 bing. I'm mad at this one. She, she don't like me. This one's unfriendly. This one is. You find every reason. Listen, that kind of mentality will keep you shallow and will keep you taking and taking and taking. Spiritual babies take and do not give. Only when you grow spiritually in Christ will the money you give be proportionate or equivalent to your financial income and level of spiritual maturity. Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Beloved, the more you grow, the more you give. A sign of your growth spiritually is that you're giving. If you are not growing spiritually, then you will not honor the Lord with the money he brings into your possessions. Number 10, it is your responsibility as parents, as grandparents or guardians to teach your children how to give in a way that is acceptable to the Lord. The reason so many Christian adults struggle to give is because they were not taught to give as a child, if the truth be told. Teaching biblical principles and financial stewardship to your children and grandchildren now will help them manage their money better when they become older. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Tithing and giving offerings are important disciplines to teach your children. Most parents who teach their children to tithe do so by simply giving their children money to place in the offering bag. While this does give children an opportunity to participate in giving offering, it does not really teach them the concept of giving a portion of their own money to the Lord. So now allow me to write these. Let me to give you this at this time. Principles for teaching your children how to handle money. One of the greatest things you can teach your children is how to handle money. If they don't learn how to handle money, they're going to struggle. Struggle. They're going to struggle just like a lot of y'all grown folk. Because you weren't taught. Principles for teaching your children how to handle money. Teenagers, children, kids getting in debt and all this stuff. Oh, I got more to say. Just hold on. Principles for teaching your children how to handle money. Number one, teach your children to put God first in everything. You got to give them a God mentality. Don't expect the world or the school. Don't expect the the philosophies of this world, the the professors to teach your children about God first. The professors, they're not teaching children how to think. They're teaching them what to think, and they're indoctrinating them. Teach your children to put God first in everything. Set the example by doing so yourself. Now, if you're not putting God first, you can't expect your children to do what you're not doing. Well, I got one amen out there. So won't you say amen if it's the truth? Even if you're not doing it, you ought to say amen. The truth is just the truth. Say amen. I'm going to say it again because y'all didn't say amen. <laughs> Teach your children to put God first in everything. Set the example by doing so yourself. When your children understand that God wants to be an important part of every aspect of their lives and that they are to love God with all their hearts, monetary giving becomes a natural expression of that relationship rather than something they feel like they just have to do. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven says, so let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Secondly, teach your children what tithes and offerings are. A tithe is the first 10th, 10%. 
of a person's income. It's the 10th off the top of a person's income, whatever that income is, which is given to the Lord. Offerings are given, offerings are given above and beyond the tithe. For example, when we received special offerings a few weeks ago to help the victims of Hurricane Harvey, and many of you did so well with that, and we had a report on that a few weeks ago. When you gave to that need, those contributions were above the tithe and not taken from the tithe. Okay? Number three, with your children, provide opportunities for your children to earn their own money. Provide, stop giving them stuff. Don't be the welfare system in your own house. Okay? Provide opportunities for your children to earn their own money. For children to learn how to give tithes and offerings, they need to have money of their own to give. You can do this by simply giving an allowance. Parents, it is better if you give your children some simple chores for which they can earn their allowance, which will reinforce the value of earning money. Hopefully, it is not your goal to keep your children at home forever while you just work yourself to death. You teach them how to give. You got to teach them how to work. Work is honorable. If they don't work, they'll do something else. All right. Number four, teach your children how to be intentional about how they manage their money, which is God's money. Teach your children to be how to be intentional about how they manage the money. One of the best ways to do this is to teach the rule of three. Have them use, these are options you can do. Have them use jars, or you can use cans, three cans, or you can use three envelopes to separate the money they get. You separate it into three categories. One jar, can, or envelope, you'll take your pick. One One envelope is for tithes, and you write tithe on that envelope. One envelope is for savings. You write savings on that envelope. And one is for spending. You write that on that envelope. Every time they receive money, parents should teach them how much money to put in each jar, can, or envelope. Parents, listen to this. You are to teach them how to suffer through their own consequences and personal choices because of spending too much too soon and not reaching into that other jar, can, or envelope. And you teach them, no, you spent that fast, you can't spend God's money on this. That, remember, that belongs to God. Now, you should have handled your spend money better. Now you want to dip in your savings, but then you're not going to have anything in savings, so you have to deny yourself. You teach them the principle of self-denial early because Children have a gimme syndrome. Give mama, give me, mama, give me, mama, give me. You reach and give, reach and give. Mama, mama, grandma, 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 papa, papa. Okay? And let them sweat and learn discipline early in life. Number five, set goals. When children save for expensive items they want, it teaches them delayed gratification as well as the value of saving. Set goals. Teach them how to set goals. When children save for expensive items, when children save for expensive items they want, it teaches them delayed gratification as well as the value of saving. In closing, 
In his book, Thanks Be to God, Robert Rodemeyer wrote that there are three kinds of givers. First of all, you have the grudge givers. Oh, I hate to give. I'm a give. Oh, it hurts me to give. Grudge giving. Then you got the duty givers. I ought to. I'm a member of the church. I'm a deacon of the church. I'm a coordinator. I'm a key member. I, I give leadership. I ought to. They, they'll look at the records. And then you got thanksgivers. I want to. Thanksgivers want to. What kind of giver are you? Are you open-hearted, open-handed, or are you close-hearted, close-handed? You see, beloved, giving goes a lot deeper than your pocketbook. Giving is a matter of the heart. I love this little poem. It's not what you do with a million if riches should e'er be your lot, but what you're doing at present with the dollar and quarter you've got. Beloved, you must accept Christ as your personal savior before you can please him with your life. You must accept God as your one and only personal savior before you can please him with your life. And all God's children said. Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in tomorrow as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.